The St. Louis Cardinals are still looking for bullpen help. So today we've got Josh Jacobs from RedbirdRants.com to join us and talk about what direction they should go this offseason. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, X at J.D. Sports Radio, and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to jump onto YouTube, that's easier for you. Great. Come on by. Like, subscribe, comment. Make sure you're interacting with us. Get down in those comments. Get in there nice and dirty and deep and get into all the conversations that we're having there. Plus, don't forget to hit that notification button. That way you know when the new episodes are posted so you can jump into those convos. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans of baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So once again, we've got our buddy Josh Jacobs from RedbirdRants.com jumping in here today to uh, talk a little Cardinal baseball. Unfortunately for the Cardinals, Josh, uh, a lot of stuff has been going on around the baseball world that actually does not involve the Cardinals really whatsoever. It involves a lot of guys that we were hoping the, the Cardinals might have some interest in. We were hoping they might make some deals to acquire and bring them in, and uh, it just hasn't happened. We're seeing the guys in the major markets get moved around. And uh, I want to start off with uh, the the latest one is the Tyler Glasnow trade that uh, is uh, apparently official now. Uh, he heads over from the Tampa Bay Rays and is going to the Dodgers. Uh, they've also signed him to an extension as well. Um, thoughts on that particular trade? Uh, could the Cardinals – did the Cardinals have anything that would have matched – just leave the extension aside right now because we know that's a lot of money. What was it five years, one thirty-five? I think yeah. is what he just got, uh, which is a hefty payday for a guy whose uh, most starts in the league were twenty-one in one season. So, um, but what they gave up, what the Dodgers gave up, gave to Tampa Bay to acquire Glassnow and uh, Manuel Margot. Did the Cardinals have something that could have matched that particular deal, or do you think when you look at it now? they were kind of screwed from the get-go because they don't have the prospects to pull that off. Yeah, I think they had what it took, but I don't think they would have paid that price. Um, part of me feels like the Dodgers are in his place now where they just have so much talent in their organization that they can afford to give up a, a, a top pitching prospect like that and overpay a little bit for glass now and be okay. And you're looking around baseball right now, especially amongst like just people breaking down the deal right now. There's a lot of people who think the Rays fleece the Dodgers a little bit here in terms of what they're able to acquire um, in this trade. And uh, I think again, a large part of it is the, the um, Dodgers are going for it. They don't really care. They want to win the world series and glass. Now when he's healthy is a top 10, top five arm in all of baseball. 
and they've got the pitching depth uh, internally and they'll probably go spend on more pitching too to overcome it if he gets injured and so um, I think part of the reason too is that they were able to get a, an extension lined up right away so I don't really think they pay that high of a price that they didn't have him locked up long term and again if you're the Dodgers you can afford the risk of signing the glass now to four extra years and not I mean they care if he gets injured everyone does you're not going to sign a guy hoping or thinking they're going to get hurt um, but they can they can bake in that kind of risk right now so um, the equivalent for the Cardinals is probably like Tim Kent or Takoa Roby to get that kind of deal done or to throw in one of their Brendan Donovans to get it done which they were never going to do that and I don't think they should have um, so I, I was a huge glass down guy guy if the Dodgers weren't doing this deal I don't think they get the Rays get nearly as much as they did in return so I think the combination of um, them getting an extension done Mark I was uh, his trade value has been debated amongst baseball, but I think in general, it's a little bit higher than some, like if you throw him in like that baseball trade value site, it's like a, a net negative. I just, I don't think he's like that. So I think it was a benefit to have him in the deal for, um, the, for the Dodgers. And so they're, they're Thanos right now. They're collecting all the infinity stones. They're, <laughs> they're going and getting everyone and they're strong players for Yamamoto still. And, I don't know if they're the favorite or not, but I would expect them to go get him or Jordan Montgomery or get one more arm. And now they'll have Walker Bueller, Tyler Glass now, Bobby Miller, another arm, maybe Kershaw back. Like they're loaded. And then I feel like we're not remembering Otani's going to be in the rotation next year. So next year they're going to have whoever Glass now, Otani, and all these other guys. Oh my gosh, their rotation stacked. <laughs> I'm hitting yeah. all these things right now because I'm just like, how did they get all these pitchers? Yeah, and that's part of the problem is is like when I when I when I saw because we're gonna we're gonna jump into the Shohei Otani portion of this now as well because uh, obviously that's the biggest news in baseball yeah. is uh, not only him signing with LA, which uh, it didn't surprise any of us really, but what the contract was, the deferral money, all that jazz. Uh, it's it's. It's, it makes me jealous. And, and that's what I meant. Like at first I was angry and me and you were texting about it. And then I was like, oh, this feels dirty. Like they just kind of circumvented the whole thing and were able yeah. to pull a fast one on the whole league. And then I went into, you know what? I think I'm just jealous because they were able to do something that unfortunately our team, the St. Louis Cardinals, just they just don't have the means to go do something like that. And if they did have it, we know that the owner is a billionaire, but if they did, he's not prepared to spend the way that the, the Dodgers ownership is ready to spend. And uh, it, it's just, it's a bummer. And it kind of made me feel, and this is no offense to teams like Pittsburgh or Cincinnati or just any of the real smaller market teams. It made me kind of feel like them though, where it's like, we could never have done this. There's no way that we could have pulled this off. And um, it, it just, it's tough to watch. Uh, the one thing that I, I, I rest my my head on is that, well, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the no. World Series. Like we just saw the Mets try to go and buy a, a championship. It didn't work. They had to sell off the pieces. And now look at them. They're all scrambling, trying to put their team back together. But at the same time, uh, do you feel that way? Do you feel just I'm just a little bit jealous that uh, we don't have the capability that a team like the Dodgers has to pull off moves like this? Oh, totally. And I, I people make fun of the Dodgers all the time for not closing the deal. And they've got some people put the asterisk world series for 2020. And I've seen even after they signed Otani, people not believing in the Dodgers. Cause they just, they continue to fall up short. 
there's a difference between adding Freddie Freeman to Mookie Betts and then adding Shohei Otani to a team that's Mm -hmm. already stacked. And then the difference, like you said, with the Mets and the Dodgers is the Dodgers have been preparing their organization for this for 15 years now like er, since early 2010s they brought in andrew friedman from the rays they've been developing this system they're they're always at the top of baseball in terms of being one of the best teams and they also have one of the best farm systems so they continue to bring up young talent and then have more young talent to go so they can go and trade for the best guys in baseball or they can develop a gavin lux a cody bellinger uh uh cory seager whoever it is and then they can go out and sign guys too so they have everything working in their favor they're also the one of the biggest markets in the world People want to go to LA. They, it's just, you can't, at the end of the day, there's some things that they've done you can't replicate. Like, even if the Cardinals could spend more money, the Dodgers will always be able to outspend them if they want to. They have LA, and some people want to be in the Midwest and St. Louis, but a lot of people would prefer to be on the coast. So, there's those kind of things. But, like, a team like the Rays has shown over time what the Cardinals were doing in the late 2000s, early 2010s is if you can develop a good farm system, if you spend, uh, if you spend but do it wisely, you can compete with these best teams because in a best of seven series, anything can happen. And so I think the Cardinals are heading in the right direction, but they've trended down for a few years, which is frustrating. Um, but yeah, when, when an Otani hits the market, it's, I mean, you're not going to be able to compete with LA for something like that. If they have their eyes set on glass now, they always have another prospect they're going to be willing to give up that the Cardinals just can't afford to give up that much. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely a sense of jealousy. I do think there's some things baseball should maybe do about avoiding the luxury tax that the Dodgers did with the Otani deal. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of that's part of the reason those rules are in place. And so, the Do- good on the Dodgers for figuring out how to get out of it, but that's on Major League Baseball to figure out how do you. Um, help with that going forward. And then I put out an article today of some like rule changes and some of them were kind of fun, but one that I really think needs to happen is the salary floor teams like the reds pirates, the Cardinals spend above what a floor would be, but they need to be incentivized to spend so that we're not seeing the A's have a $40 million payroll and Otani making $70 million like that. That shouldn't <laughs> be happening in today's game. Yeah, that's uh, something's wrong in that the current situation where that yeah. uh, guy is getting paid more than entire payrolls for for other teams. Like, uh, yeah. I, I agree with you there. If you're going to be an owner of a team, like be an owner, you know, spend the money, be 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 somebody who is competing each year, at least or giving off the uh, the vibe that you are trying to compete every year. And, uh, and not just tanking out just to uh, continue to cash your checks. All right. So uh, we figured it out. We are jealous of the Dodgers. They got glass now. They've got Shohei Otani. Let's focus on the Cardinals and what they can do. Uh, what we've been going off the tea leaves from, from what John Mozeliak has done, uh, it, it's bullpen. Bullpen is where we're going. The Tyler O'Neill trade was obviously something they wanted to get finished with, get it out of the way, and then the next – piece of business on the agenda was going to be bullpen. So that's yeah. what we're going to talk about next year on Locked on Cardinals. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, great time to get in on the action. You've got a very easy app, very accessible, uh, even guys uh, that aren't as computer savvy, if you will, you can figure this stuff out. Wide range of betting options, which includes the spreads, the player props, the over-unders, and a whole lot more. Um, Last night, Thursday night football, kind of a joke. Uh, The Raiders embarrassed the Chargers. 
Uh, again, this is the funny part about it is after last week's game, what was it? Three to nothing against Minnesota. And then they come out and drop a, a 60 burger on the chargers. Like that's crazy. Like what, what, I don't know how that makes sense, but it happened. And, uh, the chargers ended up firing their head coach and their GM today, uh, just moments ago. So, uh, we've got Saturday games this week in the NFL that you can bet on, uh, Minnesota and Cincinnati will take on each other. Uh, Steelers and the Colts. You've got. Uh, uh, you've also got the Broncos at the Lions, I believe, on Saturday as well. So here's what you do to make these games even more interesting. Even if you have no idea who these quarterbacks are, you visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon and you play some bets. Play some uh, player prop bets. That's uh, that's been the most fun for me this year so far. I win more with spreads, but player props are a lot more fun to get in on. So check it out. FanDuel.com slash locked on kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you 24 seven covering the top sports stories of the day while the local experts of Locked On chime in as well. Plus, we've got our national shows covering every single league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Leave your comments on YouTube as well as on Twitter. Anytime you want feedback, always welcome and encouraged. Uh, Before we get into... The bullpen stuff. Once again, Josh Jacobs from RedbirdRants.com and the New News Podcast joining us here today. Um, thoughts on the Tyler O'Neill trade real quick because it's something yeah. that that happened and then it kind of got brushed under because of all the Shohei stuff that popped off in the league. And uh, what, what were your thoughts on Tyler O'Neill? Do you like what they got in return? We knew that his market value wasn't going to be great, uh, but it appears that a lot of people are kind of happy with the guys that they were able to get. Yeah, it's just like it was proof that if the, if the Cardinals could have gotten more for Tyler O'Neill, they were going to do it. Like I like when people get mad at the return, I'm like, if they're not going to purposely take less than what he, what they could have gotten. Right. The market. I've seen like the potential. I thought maybe a Shane Bieber or something that could have been swapped. But I really liked Nick Robertson. Like he's a guy that when he came over to the Red Sox from the Dodgers, who, again, know how to develop pitching. Um, they reworked his arsenal a little bit, added a sweeper in and did some stuff with his mechanics that when he, so his first two experiences with the Red Sox were terrible. They sent him down to AAA, did the stuff. He came back and had seven or eight appearances. I think six or eight appearances, seven of them were scoreless. One of them, he gave up like two runs, but it was a game where they're getting blown out. So they asked him to go more innings. And he's just a stuff guy. He's one of those guys that you look at prospect websites, you look at the Eno Cyrus is the world, and they're going to look at his arsenal and be like, this guy has what it takes to be a really good reliever. And so I love adding that to the mix. You have six years of control. You're not paying him anything. Um, I don't think the Cardinals view him as a high leverage arm right now. They view him as a guy who could be one, but you love that kind of potential filling that Drew Verhagen or Chris Stratton type role where you've got him in the sixth, seventh inning. And then over the course of the season, he could be a guy that you trust in the eighth inning to get you outs and to go about things. And the pitching prospect they got, it just feels organizational depth. That's something they need to build up. So the writing was on the wall, Tyler O'Neill. He was going to be gone. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a great season with the Red Sox and goes off and looks really great. But at the same time, I don't, really think any team was going to give the Cardinals more than that, which kind of surprised me. I thought a team was going to fall in love with him and kind of give up at least a little bit more than what happened. But when you, when everyone knows you're going to trade a guy, it's just hard to get proper value in return. So mm-hmm. I liked, I liked the return there. 
and I, I continue to harp on this is that Tyler O'Neill is not the guy from 2021, like two years yeah. in a row, he's been way below that. So that's what teams were looking at it. Like, well, I'm not trading for that guy anymore. I'm trading for the guy that he has been the last two years. And that hasn't been anything all that special. And he's obviously hurt all the time. So uh, I, I can see why people weren't willing to give up all that much to grab a, a, a Tyler O'Neill. We wish him best of luck. Uh, you know, we, we, we hope that he does well. Uh, but it was it was really just time to turn the page, and uh, and they needed a bullpen help. And um, and I don't know if uh, if anybody takes any um, when they when they play MLB the Show what they think about the rating system and all of this. But <laughs> I was looking at that, they actually had Victor Santos rated higher uh, than Nick Robertson on the game <laughs> on their last update. So maybe Victor Santos is a sneaky pick. I don't know, but if you play MLB the Show, maybe that's. Uh, something you'll have a little bit of fun with. So, all right. So we, we got him. Uh, we got Robertson, who's somebody that uh, we think is, is probably going to be a part of the bullpen. He's obviously uh, on the 40 man. Uh, they got Fernandez as well from the Red Sox in that rule five draft. Uh, people seem to like uh, his arsenal and what he brings to the table. So let's talk about guys outside of the organization. Now we've yeah. gotten a, we've gotten a few arms. We've got some depth added to the bullpen. Uh, and, and again, I, I, I tend to say this as well, where you watch games or the Cardinals are playing teams and you see them bring in dudes from the bullpen and you're like, where the hell they get this guy from? Like, how is this guy throwing 98 or whatever out of nowhere? And this is just kind of how you build a bullpen. They're not all going to be Josh haters and stuff that you've heard of right away. Everybody kind of starts down here and then they got to work their way up. And some of these guys could be names that maybe you don't know much about now, but could become very important for the Cardinals bullpen uh, very, very soon here in 2024. So uh, let's talk about your, because uh, you put out an article at redbirdranch.com where you put some tiers together of different levels of relief pitchers. Uh, we'll start off with uh, your tier four level that you have in this particular story, uh, leading off with a guy that you guys just talked to on your podcast, uh, Trevor Rosenthal. Yeah. Trevor, Trevor is a really fun guy to talk to. So if you want to catch that over on the new news podcast and he's, we're also doing a charity stream on Tuesday and we have like Katie Wu, Jim Hayes, Victor Scott, and then Trevor Rosenthal is coming back. We've got a, and, and JD, you're hopping on with us too, man. So right. if you want to, if you want to catch that up or catch up with that this coming Tuesday, join on for that. But Rosenthal, he's working his way back from um, an elbow injury because he was with the Tigers organization last year, making a comeback, was on the brink of having his major league debut or coming back to the major leagues and then blew out his elbow. So he's a guy that will be available next uh, or in the summer at some point. Um, and again, these tier four guys, I kind of listed them all as, as guys you buy low on. They're not going to require right. a multi-year contract. Most of them might even get minor league deals at this yeah, point. Let's put this out there first. Yeah. Josh is not saying Trevor Rosenthal is the answer. No. This is the tier four yes. <laughs> of tier just some four. guys to, to, just to be aware of. Yeah. And again, you look at like the Dodgers last year. They went out and got Shelby Miller, who had an eight ERA at the Giants and hadn't done really anything, but had good peripherals. And they brought him in and he had a sub two ERA in 40 innings last year. Like you just that's how you build bullpens. You go and get a couple sure guys and then you get a lot of flyers. And so um, Trevor even told us he texted Ollie after they signed Lynn and brought back Descalso and was like, hey, let's get the band back together. So <laughs> he's interested in coming back to St. Louis. I like the idea of a middle of the middle of the season. Um, he'd be reinforcement to bring into the bullpen and again he's gonna 
be a very low cost. So if it doesn't work out, it's really no skin off their back. So I really like the idea of that. All right, let's move down to uh, tier three. Are we moving down or moving up? I, I guess we're moving up to tier three. We'll, we'll yeah, go that tier, way. Tier. Uh, you mentioned Shelby Miller, which is a guy, by the way, I have an autographed pair of his spikes down here in, oh. my, in my office here, Josh. So we went to spring training, quick story. Spring training yeah. uh, it was going to be his rookie year. And we went down and we saw Oscar Tavares and we we saw Shelby and a pair of his autographed spikes were up for auction. And my mom surprised me and went and bought them. Just didn't even get into the auction. Uh, was like, I'll buy them now. Got him. Wow. And then he just didn't work out the way that we all hoped he would in a Cardinals uniform. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, maybe we get him back on the Cardinals. So I haven't thrown him out or anything. They're still sitting over there in case he yeah. uh, ever does return to the Cardinals. So, you know, part of me is saying, ooh, that would be kind of cool to have him back. Uh, another lay, yeah. uh, name on the list here that uh, was a former Cardinal, Adam Ottavino, is uh, somebody that has had a very long and successful career after leaving the Cardinals. Uh, thoughts on Adam? perhaps coming back into a Cardinals uniform. We know he can't have the number zero though, because that's taken from Mason Wynn. Oh yeah. So he's been, he's been really solid for the Mets the last two years. And uh, he's a guy that has sustainability across his career. You wonder at age 38, if this is the year it finally really falls off for him, but he's been a guy for the Rockies, the Mets, the Yankees, the Red Sox. He's been just a guy that you can rely on. And so again, I don't, if they brought him in, I, he wouldn't be my answer as in like the third of uh, Gallegos, Helsley trio. I think I'd put him below Jojo too in my circle of trust per se. Um, but he'd be a veteran, good arm in the bullpen, someone that can help the young guys that are coming up. Because I, I really do think we probably see a Gordon Graceffo get time in the bullpen this year. You probably get some other mm -hmm. young arms who might not get time in the rotation, but they'll start getting fed a little bit in that way. Yeah. I think he'd be a great veteran presence in that back end of the bullpen. And then I know Gallegos is the veteran now, but Helsley's like, turned into he's starting to be a veteran on the team but that is a pretty young bullpen in general so it'd be nice to get a veteran presence in there who's been in the back of games you can trust the slot in the 17th inning he's been there before he's done that before you like that in your bullpen once again we're joined by uh josh jacobs from redbirdrands.com and the news new podcast uh we've got tiers two and one to get to two tier two is the uh level where i feel like the cardinals are going to live a little bit more tier one is kind of kind of like oh Fingers crossed and we're praying that something might go down with yeah. this, but we're going to get into those tiers. One of them includes Jordan Hicks. We will talk about that coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you 24 seven covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel. Again, Josh Jacobs from redbirdrants.com and the new news podcast joining us here today, talking about an article up on uh, redbirdrants.com that he put out, which listed uh, tears one, two, three, and four of different relief pitchers that the Cardinals might have some interest in. Uh, tier two has got a lot of names that I would love to see signed with the Cardinals. Uh, one of those, uh, another former Cardinal, which would be Jordan Hicks. What are your thoughts on Jordan Hicks? And is it really feasible? Are, are the Cardinals, do they really have a chance of bringing Jordan back? Oh, I think they really, uh, yeah, I think they have a good as chance as anyone in free agency right now, as long as they pay him what he wants. Um, but yeah. again, he was a guy that they talked an extension with at the deadline and they were close to getting something done, but then it just it wasn't going to happen. And so they decided to trade him and get value back in return. And 
knowing they could always revisit in the offseason. Uh, clearly, he's still available, and he's a guy that's probably going to get a multi-year deal. Um, unlike a lot of the players on this list, a lot of especially the guys in the first two tiers, you're getting one-year packs at them. Jordan Hicks, you're going to have to give him probably three to four years, ten million plus a year. Um, but again, he's a guy that has some of the most some of the most elite stuff in all of baseball. He's got that 103 mile an hour sinker. He's got a wipeout slider, um, and we saw it. He had a really tough April, tough to the point where you had even myself. I have to admit, I was like one of the DFA Jordan Hicks guys, and then. <laughs> beginning of may starts and he has 25 appearances the uh, cardinals 23 appearances with the blue jays has a sub two era during that stretch or sub three era during that stretch and then with the cardinals specifically from may to july he had like a 1.7 era 12 saves yeah. one blown save he was elite and he was a guy that they could go to multiple days in a row too which is huge for this bullpen because they don't really know if they can do that with helsley same with gallegos having a guy that he could pitch on Friday and Saturday. He can give you two innings if you need him to. He can give you one elite inning. You, I, I would really like to bring him back. He finally figured it out. And it's frustrating because he had all those years where it wasn't really working out, and then he finally does, and they trade him. So it feels weird to bring back a guy that was productive on a bad team because it's like, oh, it's more of the same. But he was one of the few bright spots, so it makes sense to bring him back into the fold. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of guys that went on to do quite well uh, <laughs> after they left the Cardinals uh, last wow. year. So it's not, it's not always just because the team's bad makes the pitcher bad because uh, he was very successful with Toronto after the fact. Uh, yeah, and we, we also remember, too, because we feel like Jordan Hicks should be like 32 by now, and he's only 27. You know, it's just because we yeah. the Cardinals had him for so long, and he came up so young that uh, it just feels like he should be older than he is. I mean, he is at his prime. He's Helsley's age. So uh, we... we be nice to have those two back now if we want to turn the page kind of like with tyler o'neill we're like let's just recycle the you know let's get out of this bringing people back that we've had already and move on to some other people what about the uh left side uh of the bullpen where uh you know you've got a jojo romero you've got a king but you're looking to maybe add some uh some upgrades to that position i don't know how much the what romero did last year is something that's going to be sustainable i hope it is i just don't know we haven't seen enough of them but uh, a guy like yuki matsui somebody from the international market he intrigues me a lot and and, and i and i've said it before i just feel like something is going to get done in this international market i just feel like there's just been too much going on where the cardinals don't do anything with somebody coming in from overseas your thoughts on matsui yeah, Matsui's great. He's uh, the youngest pitcher in Japanese history to reach 300 career saves. Um, he's a guy that just knows how to strike guys out. He throws in the low 90s, so he's not like an overpowering reliever and from a velocity standpoint that you'd expect. But like a lot of the Japanese guys, he's got a four-pitch arsenal. And that that's great out of the bullpen, too. Usually you're like a two-pitcher pitch guy but he can keep hitters off balance with his splitter, curveball, slider, fastball combination. Um, and he's a guy that you would expect to be able to pitch to both right and left-handed pitching, which, I mean, in general, you have to do that more in today's game because you can't really have a pure left-handed specialist anymore. But, like, he's a guy that if you roll down the eighth inning to face two righties and a lefty, you feel really confident about it. I think my maybe pause with Matsui as a fit versus, like, Jordan Hicks or Phil Maton or these other Tier 2 guys is – there are a lot of intriguing left-handed options. You do have JoJo and John King, but then you also need to find a place for Matthew Libertor, which I think will probably be the bullpen. If Zach Thompson isn't in the rotation, he's probably in the bullpen. And at that point, you could have four or five lefties in the bullpen, which feels like a lot, um, which is probably why I'd maybe go more to the right-handed options. But Matsui's upside, just, it's real and it's there. So I really like the idea of him. But if they're going to go in the international market, I might go with the Wusuk Go type of thing from Korea, who's a Tier 3 type arm. And he's got elite, overpowering stuff. 
Um, but he's not a guy that you'd want to put as like a pure high leverage guy to start. You'd probably want to more bank on him in the sixth, seventh inning to start. Um, but again, if they signed Matsui, I'd be over the moon about it. I just think fit wise, it makes more sense to go after a high leverage right-handed pitcher because after Helsley and Gallegos, I don't really know who the upside guy is besides uh, Fernandez or uh, why am I blanking on who they traded for? Anyways, Robertson, um, Robertson. And, but again, I, I just, and in general, you need more right-handed pitching because there's just more right-handed hitters that you're going to yep. face. So that's kind of where I lean right now. And the right-handed pitching out of the bullpen was bottom third in baseball last year. While they were a little bit more middle of the pack of left-handers and Romero and King were really good down the stretch. So you would think they're going to continue at least some of that. Add Libertor and Thompson to the mix. I feel a lot better about the left side than I do the right side. All right. So let's get to tier one, my friend. Two guys that, yeah, they look great. <laughs> Is it something that can happen or will happen? We'll yeah. see. But uh, obviously you got Josh Hader, who is the biggest relief pitching free agent out there right now, who has also been linked to the stupid Dodgers. And then you've got Emmanuel yeah. Classe, who uh, just kind of like ho-hum. The Guardians were like, eh, maybe we will move Classe. Uh, that would be something that, that if I had to take my pick, I'd go Class A just because oh, of yeah. age, wear and tear. Uh, you mentioned he's a right-hander. Uh, Hater obviously throws from the left-hand side. You need uh, guys who can throw well. Class A's got a downside to it where he blew a lot of saves last year, but he's also saving 40-plus games <laughs> for you as well in back-to-back years. Um, wh- who would you take? If you had to pick one, who are you going with? I'd for sure go Classe. Um, it's the tough part of that, that those you're going to give up a lot of value in a trade. He's got five years of control remaining and it's like two, five, seven million. And then like a couple club options for 10 million. Hater's going to get 20 million for five, each of the next five years type of thing. And that's yeah. just a lot of money to pay a reliever at age 30. I would much rather go the Classe route. And I think that's a little bit more realistic. Like, I just think there's zero shot. The Cardinals go after Josh Hader. It's just not the kind of move they would make. Classe makes a little bit more sense. If I wanted to throw a third, like, wild card name that I also don't think would happen because of it being interdivision, but, like, is another tier one type arm is a guy that's from the St. Louis area and Devin Williams from the Milwaukee Brewers. If they want to tear things down, I do think he's a guy that would, would make sense for them to trade. But again, I don't really see them trading within the division for each other. So I think if we're this list tier one is like, yeah, that is tier one. But I just don't see the Cardinals being in tier one. And I also think that's probably a good thing. I'd much I'd feel much more comfortable in tier two. Real quick before we jump out of here, uh, Jack Flaherty going to the Detroit Tigers, Michael Waka to the Kansas City Royals. Uh Thoughts on those uh, those deals for those two guys? Yeah, uh, starting with Flaherty, I think it's a perfect fit for him. I really like it. Like people speculated the Dodgers and the LA type thing for a long time with him or the big market. And sure, that would have made sense, but there's a lot more pressure going into that too for a guy who's trying to rebuild some value. The Tigers yeah. are, I right now, they're my favorite to win the AL Central next year. The Twins have taken a lot of steps back, and I just think the Tigers were sneakily close last year. Not that they're going to be a 95 win team, but the AL Central is not strong. And so, he joins a rotation where Screwball is going to be at the top of it. They already brought in Maeda, so there's not a ton of pressure on him from that standpoint. He can rebuild his value in a kind of a quiet market and then hit free agency again going into his age 29 season, which he's a guy that feels like should be older than he is as well. So I really yeah. like the fit for clarity, and I like it for the Tigers too. It's not it's not a terrible contract to give to him, um, and if it doesn't work out, it's one-year deal, so they'll be out of it. Yeah. Michael Waka was su- kind of surprising to me. I thought like – 
the Mets or the Red Sox or someone were going to jump on him and make him a part of their rotation. Who are the Padres going to start this year? They're running out of pitchers. They're all they're all gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Padres are a team to me that looks like they're going to be falling apart here soon. You can follow him at Josh Jaco MLB on uh, Twitter X. Make sure you stop by the Newt News podcast and uh, specifically the uh, charity night, which will be coming up on uh, the 18th, where uh, they're just yeah. going to have a slew of guests coming through, talking ball, just having a good time all for charity. So uh, be sure to visit them at redbirdranch.com as well. Josh, as always, man, thank you for stopping in, dude. And thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter, X at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. We'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.